Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. so much and who were you, who are we talking about now unbelievers no so-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death see because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life and so when there's no preaching against death on death to self self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians they won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. If you've never experienced any of the things that that man at the end of my opening uh, described churches where men are exalted above God churches where stories and jokes become the norm and not the uh, often once in a while throw one in there to describe a situation to tie together a message through analogy but that becomes less scripture and more stories more jokes I, if you've never been engaged in one or if you you're in denial that you are in one you're blessed not that if you deny it because then you're just missing the point but folks the gospel of Jesus Christ stands on its own. The book that we have before us on Sunday, if you, if you take one, a lot of people don't even carry a Bible anymore. They just read it off of a screen. So you're only going to get the little bits. I have a friend of mine who, even with me, and I appreciate him because it's a Berean attitude, reads 
more than the scripture that I give. And, you know, that's awesome because, you know, when you're preaching, you're teaching, you can only go so far. If I sit there and read as much as I'd like to, then I'll get accused of, oh, he's just reading the scriptures. He's not really preaching. The scriptures preach for themselves if you listen and you and you try to take them in. Today we'll talk about choices. We'll talk about choices. And the Bible is replete with choices. You either take good ones or bad ones. I use the uh, scriptures from Matthew chapter 7 quite often because they fit rather well. You have two choices. The straight, or I'm sorry, the, uh, straight, yeah, the straight gate, the narrow gate, which is Christ Jesus himself, and the path which is narrow that you walk on, or the broad way that leads to destruction. It's a choice. You know, it's just there. Uh, it's, it's a choice that makes it simple. Do you want to follow Christ? Do you want to go in through the straight gate? You know, you, you cannot get into the sheepfold any other way. As he says in another parable, or actually it's more or less a, a straight statement. He who crawls over another way and does not go through the door, which is Christ again, the Christ is the door. Jesus Christ is the door to the sheepfold. If you go in another way, you're a thief, a robber. That's, that's who breaks in. That's who jumps over the fence. You can't do it. Although I believe there are some, and they stand in pulpits that have done that. Have they ever come to the door and asked to come in? He says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And if you let me in, we can sup together. Choices. You have the choice of opening the door. You have the choice of going through the door. Or trying to hop in another way. And trust me, you may be able to fool man. You may be able to pull off this charade. Put up a facade. I like to use those fancy words. I get accused of being highfalutin. Listen to me very carefully. You got a choice. You've got a choice. I... I, I I struggled just a little bit today how which which way I want to go with the choices that we have laid before us and I have several scriptures and because that's where the truth is always found and so that's just where I'll go. I for some reason my my bible kind of led me to Luke chapter 21 firstly Luke chapter 21, verse number 34. Be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap. This is the day of the Lord. You, you don't want to get caught up in the worries of this world. You, know, you watch the news, which I give them like two minutes a day, and you'll have nothing but worries. Who's going to get elected? How are they going to live? What are they going to do? 
How are we going to make it through it? But you don't let yourself get weighted down with this stuff. You know, it, it, it'll drag you down in drunkenness. You know, you can get, you, you don't have to necessarily drink wine to get drunk. You can get drunk on the world. So caught up in its worries and woes that it pulls you in. And the next thing you know, you're, you're stuck. I talked to a friend of mine I've talked to for a while. He says, I've given up on the talking heads. There's a few out there. I mean, you gotta, you gotta stay up a little bit. But, you know, to sit and consume three, four, five hours of Fox News, which I wouldn't give them the time of day. I won't give them one hour, one minute. They're, they're, they're loaded down with homosexuals. They're loaded down with pseudo-conservatives and, and just loud-mouthed talking heads like Sean Hannity wouldn't give him 10 seconds. For it will come upon you. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's go back. Don't let yourself get weighted down. Why? Because that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who dwell on the face of all the earth that keep on alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all those things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. It doesn't say you're going to get whooshed out of here before any of this happens. Jesus didn't teach whooshing. He didn't teach an escape from all tribulation. He actually told you that in this life you will have tribulation. After the tribulation of those days, blah, 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 on and on. I shouldn't say blah, blah, but on and on. That's in Matthew 24. Go read it. That's your homework for today. But what's the, what, 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 when I said choices, where's your choice at in these? Your choice here is to not let yourself get weighted down or be weighted down. Your choice is to uh, lapse into a drunken stupor to hide yourself from all the anguish of the world or to face it head on with prayer to back into a corner and say, Oh, don't get me or stand up and fight as it, as an old song used to say, uh, stand on your knees and fight. In other words, pray prayer is strong prayer. I mean, you know, uh, Trust me, a lot of prayer going up in the last few weeks, couple of weeks for my brother. He still passed away. Prayers get answered one way or the other. He's released from his pain. It's the will of God. I have no control over that. I'm not even mad at God. I can't shake my fist and say, you didn't listen to me. He listened to every word I prayed. He listened to every word that I whispered into his ear, my brother's ear. He laid there in his hospital bed. And I pray because I, I looked into things, you know, the medical side of things. It says the last thing that a person loses as they slip from this life to the next is their ability to hear. So 
He heard the gospel from me. He heard the prayers from me and others that were in the room. I mean, it's just, there's, there's, you know, you, you make a choice again to sit back and mope and whine or do what is necessary and not to, not to shake a fist at God when it doesn't go the way you think it should. Let's go on. Cause I'm getting fired up. It's good when you get fired up. Cause then the, you're not as boring. Uh, Luke chapter 10. If you flip over there with me, it's not too far from where we were just were. I don't think. Luke chapter 10, we'll talk about another choice, and we'll add some more choices that have been given over the many, many centuries, thousands of years that the Bible has given us. Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. And following. Now, this is Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Now, as they were traveling along, he entered, Jesus, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And he had, I'm sorry, she had a sister called Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. But Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him, the Lord Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the serving by myself? Then tell her to help me. She's distracted. No, is she distracted? She's, she's a little miffed, I'm imagining. Because, you know, Mary's not helping out. She's not, you know, grabbing the dishes out of the, the closet and, and uh, you know, prepping the table or, or, you know, cooking the herbs or whatever it is that needs be. But the Lord answered unto her, he said. He answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary had decided that the good part, she didn't even, maybe she didn't even know she had decided on the good part. Maybe she had no real idea that she had made a choice. She just knew that what Jesus was doing, which was, you know, teaching, because that's what Jesus did. And he would give such knowledge to them that it was well worth letting Martha do the work. You know? Now, some people, they probably still say, well, it's not right. <laughs> she should have been up helping her sister. She should have been doing and going about and jumping here and there. It's Jesus after all. It's Jesus. You have to get the perfect place setting. But Jesus didn't expect that. He said that Mary had taken and chosen the good part. This is not long. 
before Jesus would go to his uh, crucifixion. This is probably you know, months, maybe at the most, weeks. We're cut. We're winding down. We're we're not there yet, but Jesus knows. He knows when it's coming, and he's taking time with his friends. These were his friends. This is these are the sisters of Lazarus, who we see over in John chapter eleven. He raised Lazarus from the dead caused a lot of issues there because then everybody uh, on the religious side of the coin over there, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and Hoosiesies, decided we need to kill them both. We got to get rid of Lazarus because everybody knows he was dead for four days. So now we got to get rid of him. We got to get rid of this Jesus guy because he, uh, if he can raise people from the dead, what, what else can he do? Well, he's done it all in front of you. He didn't hide what he could do. Only a couple of times he actually did say to the lepers, go tell the priests. Don't tell them what happened. Just say, hey, look, I feel like I'm healed. In Luke 18, you, you, the rich young ruler came to him. It's also in Matthew 19, I believe. And this guy had to make a choice. Choices. See, that you make good ones or you make bad ones. And the good ones, Mary made. She decided that other than being worried and, and harried and frenzied about the meal, she wanted to sit at Jesus' feet. Oh, what would Martha think if she knew what would happen several weeks or a month down the road? She would have probably said, I want to sit at his feet, too. She probably wishes she had. You don't want to live a life of regret, especially when it comes to the time that you can spend with Christ. And people say, well, I can't spend time with him. Now he's gone. No, that's what prayer is about. That's what that Bible that we read and study is about. It's about us looking into the very mind of God and spending time with him. Luke 18, the rich young ruler, he says to him, one thing you still lack, sell all your possessions, distribute the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But he didn't do it because he was rich. He made a bad decision. In that account, if you go there and read it in different places, you'll see that Jesus even said, you know, pick up your cross and follow me or something of that sort. But the idea of giving up all your riches, that just, he couldn't do it. The rich man could not do it. He had a lot give it to the poor doesn't he realize that following christ would have gotten him everything he'd have been rich beyond his worldly ideals he could have walked with the master but he didn't he walked away sorrowful he walked away with pain in his heart he followed the law. He'd been a good steward of, of tithing and, 
and all the things that came with the law. These things have I kept from my youth, but I can't give up my worldly goods. There's so much that we can take from the choices that people make. Judas, of course. Now, some folks in the Calvinist side of things, and I don't condemn Calvinists, don't get me wrong. He was chosen from the beginning. And, you know, the the Bible is pretty plain that there was one that was going to be a devil. Jesus even said, have I not chosen you all? but yet one of you is a devil. So Jesus, you know, even said, I've chosen all of you, but yet even one of you is a devil. But to Judas, he could have, you know, did he, did he make the final decision as he hung himself? He could have come to Jesus like Peter did. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus told him he'd do it. Peter could have, or I'm sorry, uh, Judas could have come at and asked for forgiveness, but he didn't. He had not listened to the, to the king of glory whom he walked with. He didn't listen to him. He just took his life. We go back a thousand years or so, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 30. This is Moses. Moses had choices that he gave to people as well. You know, the Bible, if you go through it, it has multitudes of places where choices are made. Let's even go further than that. I have the scripture in front of me for Deuteronomy 30, but let's go back to uh, Genesis chapter 3. Was it not a choice? that the serpent who was more subtle than all the beasts of the field came to Eve and said, go ahead, eat eat of the fruit. Hath God said, questioning God. And she just reached out and disobeyed. They had a choice, and Adam there with her. They had a choice, didn't they? Did they not? have a choice to obey God. Easy. Just don't eat that one thing. But they did. They partook of it because they were beguiled by a serpent, a devil, the Satan. How absurd. How you know, and people say, well, I wouldn't have done it. You do it every day, and I do too. You have the choice to not look at certain things. You have the choice to spend more time with your Bible open in front of you than Fox News. You have the choice of between watching that movie or not. You know, it's, it's easy to fall for that one. You have the choice to read that tract that some, you know, flaming-haired fanatic hands you out there on the street or throwing it down walking away. You have the choice. Do, which way are you going to choose? Do you, do, you, do you think it's going to hurt to take this? I got one laying here in front of me. 
I got well, I've got several. I I have four or five actually. This one's a nice one. I don't have too many of them. I'm gonna have to order some more. Where will you spend eternity? Do you know? And it goes through the whole thing of the choices. It's your choice. Do you want to follow God? Do you want to step up and understand and gather in with the with with the uh, with the with the wheat when the time comes at the end of the age? That's in Matthew thirteen, wheat and the tares. Or you want to go with the weeds and into the fire? Where will you spend eternity? Heaven or hell? It's a choice. You make it. God doesn't make it for you. You make the choice. Life is full of choices. When your friends say, here, have a beer, and you haven't touched one for years, maybe you're a recurring, uh, recovering, sorry, not recurring, recovering alcoholic. You've turned your life over to Christ. Ah, you know, I haven't had a beer for a while. Next thing you know, you're back to drinking. You've left God. You've you've you you sink into a chair at the at the local bar, and that's where you spend all your time. You end up with cirrhosis of liver, you end up in jail for driving drunk. You made a choice. Are you gonna make good ones or bad ones throughout all your life? Mary made the choice. Now, neither one of these are bad. It's not evil for Martha to spend time trying to make a good meal and put the best china out and to, you know, smooth out the tablecloth and, and, you know, maybe sweep a few of the cobwebs out of the way. Jesus is here after all. She's just trying to do what's right in her eyes. But Jesus told her, Martha, 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 Martha. Mary has made a better choice. Moses calls the people. He says, I call heaven and earth, Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. What is the choice here? Life and death. Heaven and earth. (laughs) Uh, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I place before you life and death. You got a choice between life and death. I got a choice between blessing and curse. So choose. Choose life, he says. Choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Because if you choose the other way, neither you nor your descendants will live. Choices. Are you willing to make bad ones? I mean, we grow sometimes from the bad choices we make. You know, I honestly believe sometimes God just lets you go to do the stupid things you do. And, you know, it's not that he wants you to. It's just that he knows that if you are a true child of God, 
And we all that are know we make mistakes. We know that we slip up and do stupid things. Say the wrong things, do the wrong things, look at the wrong things, touch the wrong thing, whatever it is. Eat the wrong thing. What do you do? When you fail, when you fall, when you slip, when you, oops, what do you do? Do you blame God like some people do? Some people blame God when they are the ones who made the mistake, when they are the ones who who made the choice to follow the wrong path. Shake your fist at God? You better not. Look in the mirror and shake your fist at that guy or gal because that's the one that made the choice. Oh, yeah, maybe you had a temptation that went beyond what you could handle. Is there not a scripture that tells us that? And I know I've covered it before. You will not be tempted beyond that which you can handle where God won't give you a way of escape. That's right. It's not that you won't be given more than you can handle. I'm going to tell you right now, you will be heaped upon. As as you grow closer and closer to Christ, it will seem like more and more things come at you than you can handle my my family alone today is is just a you know there's on all sides it's like something's going on big stuff people are getting older they're falling apart it's like what what next who's next how's it going to happen we don't know but the more and more that you pull in closer to christ it seems like it you're you're heaped on and then you you even have the people in in the in the Christian sector and you know they're like what's wrong with him he must really be sinning just like Job as all hell broke loose upon Job his friends would say well you must have really been doing some stuff that God didn't like sometimes it's just as the opposite you're following Christ as close as you can doing the best that you can. You know, as a preacher, you you learn that there are people who are not going to like your message. There are people who are going to just dump on you every chance they get. Because you're a little too hard. You're you're not you're not right. But yet the the Bible's what makes that decision for most of us, not ourselves. Those of us who aren't afraid to to touch things that are uncompromised in our ministry, you know your 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 church will either grow or it'll flop. But God is my witness. When you stay in the Bible and when you stay within that uncompromising bracket. People will respond. There are people who are hungry for the truth. They're tired of the, you know, man-centered gospel. I am so sick of it. I don't. You don't want to hear about me. 
You want to hear about God. You want to hear about Christ. You want to hear how did the disciples make it through? How, what did Paul write? Not what I wrote. I don't write anything. I do. I, I craft a message, but the, you know, that's, that's given by the, uh, dispensation that God gives me that, that he, he pours into me somehow. Joshua chapter 24. I'll give you a minute to get there if you're using your Bible or if you're flipping around on the internet, which is fine. Either way works. Joshua 24 verse 15. Everybody knows it. Everybody's heard it, but it's a good one. It's a long one, but it is, I'm sorry, but if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves today whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the Euphrates River, or the gods of the Amorites and whose land you are now living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua made a decision. His family and he would serve the Lord. And he's given them those whom he was speaking to, the other Israelis, Israelites. What do you want to do? Do you want to follow along with the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the Euphrates, you know, the the gods of Egypt? Or the worst, do you want to follow along with the gods of the Amorites who are in, in whose land you are living If you don't know who the Amorites are, it's because you're probably sitting in a church where they won't talk about such things. Oh, we don't want to hear that history. But I'll I'll tell you something. These were not very good people. Actually, they were quite horrific. The Amorites went way back. God God even said, you know, that the time hadn't come yet to uh, bring the people out of Egypt because the uh, uh, sins of the Amorites had not reached their full fruition. These were, these were some real wingnuts, man, I'm telling you. The stuff that they would do. They were the east of Canaan beyond the Jordan dispossessed by the Israelites and their incursion from Egypt. These, these guys were, I'm telling you, they were, they were something else. They would sacrifice babies. They would eat their young. I mean, <laughs> they were a real pack. Why would anybody want to be like that? But yet, you know, they, they had their orgies and they had their their fun and people would just want to be a part of that. Why? Because it's 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 got an appeal. Sin is fun for a season. They lived in the hill country. They they were they were the hillbillies, I guess. 
these people were like bona fide evil. They 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 epitomized evil. So Joshua is just giving the people again that 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 choice. Are you going to serve the gods of your fathers? Are you the god of your father? Sorry, the god of your fathers, which is God, or the gods? It actually, was the gods of your fathers on the other side of the uh, uh, Euphrates, where they, you know, they they'd been with the Egyptians for a long time, and some of their fathers started to fall into the uh, Baal worship that would go on. And the uh, what's that the uh, cows and all that yeah you know, what remember hey they they threw their gold in the fire and a cow came out to what Aaron tried to tell Moses when actually he had crafted it for them the people answered and said far be it from us that we would abandon the Lord to serve other gods. It's a noble statement coming from these people. A noble statement. Of course, down the road, of course, everything falls apart, you know, back and forth, back and forth. The gods of the people around them kind of pull them in, and they can't help themselves, and they end up being, you know, worshiping Baal and worshiping Ashtaroth and whatever other gods they can come up with, Dagon, the fishhead god. Because they're, again, you know, well, you know, it won't hurt. God said, don't even marry these people. Wipe them out. The, the Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord. He is our God. Joshua twenty four eighteen. We will serve the Lord. He is our God. Unfortunately, as we know history, they made bad choices as they went along. Israel became Israel and Judah because the nation split after Solomon. They had really horrible kings who made horrible decisions to follow after those gods. They had good kings too, Josiah. And, uh, and and a few others that were these Hezekiah, I think it was, that had the right idea of how to serve God. They tore down the groves and the high places. They they smashed the altars that were set up for devil worships down to nothing and burn them and did whatever they could to dissolve them. They they did all this and. Yet another one would come along and start it all over again. Sometimes it would take a very huge hit on the ego to bring one of these kings to his knees. And we will look at that on a, at another day. Where they would follow this garbage religion of devils and demons and idols and pieces of wood and clay and junk and God would just say I've had enough and off to some captivity of the you know Assyrians or the Babylonians or the or even the Romans 
They, they went into these things because they would not follow God. If, if Israel would have stayed steadfast with God all the way through, they would have even accepted Christ. But the prophecy had to be what it was. They were going to fail and then come back and fail and come back and then ultimately turn their eyes away from Christ and have him crucified. Another choice made by the nation of Israel. Now, don't beat up on the Jews and don't beat up on Israel. These things were in the will of God. A sacrifice had to be made. They had their bad part in it. But God still loved them and still loves them. That's the choice that God makes. He is a God of judgment, and he is a God of love. And the two are not mutually exclusive. Judgment, which is done righteously, is the same as love. If you, if you allow your child to get away with ill behavior without any kind of punishment, they will grow up to be spoiled, uncaring people. But if you give them a little whack once in a while or some kind of um, discipline, they learn. And God does the same thing with his people. He chastises you. You know that you're his son or daughter. You're his child. When you feel the, the pain of chastisement from God that you don't want it. You want to be, you want to be in obedience so you don't have to. But, you know, we do stupid stuff because we're human. We can't help ourselves. Make the choice that Mary made. Take the time to spend with Christ. Take the time to put your put yourself aside. Read your Bible and pray. Take the time to sit at the feet of Christ in prayer, in Bible, in just meditation, in listening to or finding good preachers and teachers who will not, you know, curb cut so that you get no real truth. Just do it. And that's it for today. Make good choices. Hang in there. God love you. Amen.